Welcome to High Tide, Low Tide, the podcast where we talk about all things mental health and where we share our stories with the knowledge that it could just be the lifeline of hope for someone who is hurting and afraid that they're the only one. I'm your host, Lisa Scanlon, and I am so glad that you're here with me today. Hey guys, and welcome back to High Tide, Low Tide. In today's episode, uh, me and my wonderful guest are going to be talking through um, ADHD and her diagnosis with um, ADHD. So I just thought I'd come on beforehand and just have a little bit of a chat through um, what ADHD is. For those of you who don't know, um, ADHD is a neurodevelopmental disorder where people who people who have it can have difficulty controlling uh, impulse behavior. Uh, it comes in three different types uh, or there's three different ways that can present itself and those are the predominantly inattentive presentation where it is hard for the individual to organize or finish a task or to pay attention to details or to follow instructions or have conversations and the, these people um, are easily distracted or tend to forget details of daily routines. On the um, other side, we have predominantly hyperactive or impulsive presentation where the person can fidget or talk a lot. It might be hard for them to sit still for a long time, for example, eating a meal or sitting to do homework. Smaller children may run or jump or climb constantly and the individual might feel restless or have trouble with impulsivity. They might interrupt somebody, they might grab things from people or speak at inappropriate times and they might find it hard for themselves to sort of wait for their turn. And then you have the combined presentation where the person will get symptoms from either the inattentive or the hyperactive presentation. So it can present differently in different people. And this information I've got has come from the CDC website, which I'll link in the bio. I've also been reading through a really great article on the ABC News website, which was posted on the 18th of February this year by Laurie Umshajakin and Penny Timms. And this is a really great article. I'm definitely going to put this in the show notes as well. Um, This is about a woman named Josie Bobber and what led her to be diagnosed with ADHD as a woman later in life, um, which is apparently quite common. Reading off of this article, it says, while ADHD is the most common disorder among boys aged 4 to 11, only about half of the number of girls the same age are diagnosed um, within Australia. So experts are saying that um, is not because girls are less susceptible, but rather they often experience the inattentive type of the condition. So their symptoms often go under the radar. So, you know, we're led to believe that, you know, ADHD is this hyperactive bouncing off the walls type situation when it's not always the case. So girls are unlikely to be disruptive in class or, you know, but they might miss assignments or seem more spacey, um, which is often a mistake, uh, often mistaken for laziness. And this is quoted on the article. According also to cognitive neuroscience professor Mark Belgrove, females uh, with ADHD also experience a greater risk of substance misuse than males. 
So for that reason, we want to detect them as early as possible and we want to treat them better so that you know, they're at less risk of falling through the cracks. I just think it's really interesting. And it also says here that as many as three quarters of adult women living with ADHD are actually formally not diagnosed. So it's, yeah, it's just really interesting. I know um, quite a few women in my life in the last couple of years who have been diagnosed with ADHD. And I think that um, Sarah's story, which I'm going to share with you today, is going to be really helpful for people who might even recognize um, some of the symptoms in themselves, um, or maybe for people who are now starting to go through that journey of looking to get uh, a formal diagnosis. I think it's going to be very helpful for them to listen to what she has to share. And I'm really excited to be bringing that to you. So here we go. Just a little reminder here, guys, that we are discussing mental health in this episode, so we may touch on things like suicide or self-harm, which may be a trigger for you. As always, I'll pop resources in the show notes or know that you can call Lifeline 24-7 on 13 11 14. Okay, hi guys, and welcome back to High Tide, Low Tide. This is your host, Lisa, and today I am joined by the lovely Sarah. So thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. Would you like to just have a little introduction to yourself today? Okay. Um, uh, well, I'm Sarah. I'm 35, mother of two, wife of one. <laughs> <laughs> Any more nice. illegal. Yeah. <laughs> I um, work in admin at mm-hmm. a local um, kitchen joinery um, place that I've just started a few months ago. Nice. Um, yeah, prior to that, I was um, at a childcare centre for the past, seven, like the previous seven years. Wonderful. Yeah, yeah. Um, hobbies, um, reading, true crime podcasts. Same. <laughs> um Craft beer, live music. Wonderful. Okay, I see we've got some uh, things in common here. Actually, Sarah is my favourite guest so far because she rocked up today with a gift for me, which has never happened before, um, which was a four-pack of beers from Shapeshifter. Yes, name drop, Shapeshifter. Shapeshifter. (laughs) Which is a local craft brewer in South Australia. Yes. Yeah. They're on Crittenden Road. Finden? Finden. Yeah. Mm. And obviously a favourite of yours. Absolutely. Yes. (laughs) Yes. I am the number one ticket holder of that fine establishment. Oh, (laughs) wonderful. I have been there once, but uh, yeah, about Mm. a year ago. Yeah. Yeah. They've been doing some good things. Yeah. And they're good people. So it helps. Yeah. Mm. Well, that is, yeah, like I said, um, absolute favourite guest so far coming (laughs) into my house with beer. So thank you. That was very, very kind. (laughs) Okay. I guess um, today we're going to be talking a little bit through your journey mm-hmm. and that centres um, predominantly now around ADHD. Correct, yeah. So for anyone who's listening who doesn't know what ADHD is, can you give just like a brief overview? Mm, okay, yep. So ADHD affects the way your brain um, fires, mm-hmm. like the trans. The transmission in your brain is a little bit like it backfires and it misfires and it's all to do with a lack of dopamine and another chemical that I tried to pronounce before (laughs) I came here and I'm not going to say it because I'll mess it up, but it's basically the rage hormone. It's the fight or flight, the thing responsible for your fight or flight. Yeah. So that's, um, yeah, what it is. Yeah. And you can take medication for it. Mm Mm-hmm. That can look like um, a lifelong thing 
mm-hmm. or into adulthood, you can wean yourself off because as you're an adult, you like learn and grow and get more coping mechanisms. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, I didn't know I had ADHD until I was 34. Okay. Yeah. So this is very new. new. Yeah. <laughs> And we're definitely going to get to that. Mm -hmm. It's interesting because I, and I said this to you and I will never try to, you know, um, claim that I know everything about everything because I certainly don't. ADHD is probably something that I don't know a lot about. Mm -hmm. And what I do know about it or that I can remember growing up was centered around Dexies. Yeah, and the kids like, that throw chairs through windows at school. Yeah, so it was yeah, it was children in primary school who had a lot of rage. Most of the time it's boys as yeah. well, like from our generation. Yes, it definitely. It was all the boys that were diagnosed. And then it was, you know, they would take these pills, which uh-huh. were Dexies. Dexies. And yeah. then people would take them recreationally. Yeah. Like yep. people who mm-hmm. they weren't prescribed for. So it gave mm-hmm. you like, if you didn't need them for ADHD, it gave you like a buzz. It Yeah, or it also would help some, and I don't condone this at yeah. all, some people would use them in like year 11 and 12 exams. Oh, okay. For the yeah. focus. Yeah. I don't know how that happens with a, with a, I'm trying not to say normal brain, Yeah. neurotypical, I yeah. think is the correct term, brain. I don't know how it affects that. Yeah. Because I have the neurodiverse brain. Right. It doesn't do that for me. Okay. It's interesting. So that's like, you know, obviously with everything, everything's come a long way. Like, you know, yeah. we learn and we grow and, you know, things change. But it's just sort of an interesting fact that, you know, that's all I knew. That's all I've known about I ADHD know. until yeah. probably the last couple of years. Yeah, and that's all I knew until the last couple yeah. of years as well. Yeah. Yeah, I had no idea you could be diagnosed with ADHD as an adult. Yeah. Didn't even know that was a thing. Yeah. Had it's, no yeah. idea. Cool. Where did this all start for you in terms of your mental health? So, like, what was your earliest moment of knowing that maybe something wasn't quite right? Okay, well, in school I was always had the label of difficult, maybe not hyperactive, but I was always loud. Yeah. I was always very impulsive. At school, I remember one of my teachers in middle school at, like, one of those parent-teacher interviews said to my parents, and my mum still tells me this to this day, but this teacher said she could do anything she wanted to, any career path, mm-hmm. if she only applied herself and I know a lot of kids get that um and at the time I was like okay whatever exactly (laughs) yeah (laughs) but he was bloody right he was so right Mm -hmm. and that's a lot to reconcile but yeah as a kid I would fight so much with my mum my poor mother mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> and then my dad would have to step in to be referee like just verbal stuff like just stupid and what everyone would see is like just teenage hormones and or, yeah. or attitude or whatever I would do silly things like that could have potentially gone very bad like dangerous like you know kids part like teenage parties and things like yeah. that but I was always the one that took it to the next level okay yeah <laughs> Okay. So that's the 
high school sort of yeah. memories and stuff. So you just found it like hard to focus? Yeah, hard to focus, hard to find where I fit. Yeah. Because I didn't really fit anywhere. Yeah. I wasn't sporty, I wasn't academic, I wasn't the theatre kid, the music kid. Mm-hmm. Um, did you have a group of friends still? Yeah, I did, yeah. I did. Um, I, But I had like, specific, like different groups of friends, if that makes sense. Like I mm-hmm. never really, I floated around. Yeah. I could get along with anybody, I could adapt into any group mm-hmm. at school, but I ended up sort of trying to know, you know, get into the cool crowd. Like, <laughs> Oh, don't we all go in high I know, school, you know? I know, but I would just do some of the dumbest stuff to fit in and stuff that yeah. I don't. I look back and go, mm, that was just, that was dumb. That was really okay. dumb. Like, you know, oh, I'll be really cool and start smoking. And <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you remember the first time you ever tried a cigarette? Yes. I'm going to tell this story. My mum's going to listen to this and she's going to die. But you tell your story first and then I'll tell my mum. Oh, mine. God. <laughs> and to any children who are listening to this, Please don't, it is disgusting. Don't, don't do it. No, 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 no. Yuck, 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 yuck. Um, <laughs> I was there. 13, 14. Let's go with 14. Um, and I was hiding on the way home from school with a friend of mine. We mm-hmm. just like hid in like a drain tunnel thing where I grew up two hours north of Adelaide, and we just sat there and had a crack at it and I thought I was going to be sick. <laughs> I thought I was going to chuck my guts up, but because I wanted to look cool, I was like, oh, this yeah. is fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And how did it go down with the friends? Did they think you were cool? Oh, God. <laughs> Probably not. No. So That one particular friend I still do see every now and then oh, when nice. I go back and see my parents. Yeah. Um, I don't see her as much as I used to, but, yeah, we used to live across the road from each other. Yeah. So we would hang out at each other's houses and her mum was cool with us smoking oh, out the back. Oh, yeah. Mine was not. No, mine would not be Oh, either. my God. She would, <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to tell my story. And, Mum, I am so sorry. <laughs> Although, like, I always just figure, like, my mum always used to just find things out anyway. Yeah. So I'm like, yeah. oh, I wonder if she knows this you story You think they already. don't know. Like, I wrote know. it in a diary and she she read it because I know that she read my diary at some point, which is, like, bad mum. My mum is amazing, but still. <laughs> so my brother, who is five years older than me, he was a smoker. Mm-hmm. And he must have been – he still was living at home at this time – and he moved out quite early, uh, I reckon, like, just after high school or something. Anyway, the t- timing is off. But anyway, he was still living at home. He was a smoker. And I he was out or something and there was a pack of cigarettes in his room. So I, like, snuck in there and I stole <laughs> a cigarette from his cigarette packet. And my dad <laughs> is also a smoker. Yeah. But he used to sit out in his shed in the backyard and smoke. So, like it would be normal for it to smell like cigarette in Yeah. There. So I took the cigarette out to dad's shed and I don't know, there must've been a lighter or something out there. So I like <laughs> tried this cigarette and it was disgusting. Yeah. Like, so, so gross. And I probably, I don't even, I doubt I smoked it correctly. Like I probably just like, I don't know, put, put it at the back of my throat and then breathe it out or whatever. But still like it was awful, but it was that like, when we were at, at that sort of age, it was still 
cool in yeah. inverted commas mm. to be a smoker. Um, I certainly don't think, I mean, if you smoke, you smoke whatever. Like, I'm not judging anyone. No. But, like, I certainly don't feel pressured to smoke. <laughs> no, like... <laughs> no, not not compared to back in the day. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Wow. So, sorry to my that brother for stealing. That was a bit stealing. of a side quest. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> sorry to my brother Daniel for stealing his cigarettes and sorry to mum for telling that story. But hopefully she'll get a laugh out of it. <laughs> for the record, I'm not sorry. Um... <laughs> <laughs> you know, everyone has to have a first time, you know? <laughs> So anyway, so you, you were going through this stage in high school, you know, a little bit, don't know how to focus, not really finding your feet or really finding yeah. your place. And I was just lashing out because I didn't know what else to do because yeah. I couldn't figure yeah. life out. I mean, yeah. you shouldn't have it all worked out when you're a teenager oh, anyway, God, no. but I just found it harder than it needed to be. Yeah. And then the people around you sort of putting it down to, oh, she's a teenager, yeah. it's hormones, this is normal, mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. what so, happened moving on from that? So left high school, uh, mm-hmm. moved in with my first long-term boyfriend at mm-hmm. that time um, and, you know, he wasn't a very overly nice mm-hmm. person, but that's fine, that's life. And I had started an apprenticeship and it was going really bad. It like my boss was terrible. What was the apprenticeship in? Uh, hairdressing. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. So I always compare what she was like to the um, magazine editor in the Devil Wears Prada. Oh dear. Yeah. <laughs> so really nice. So yeah, a delight. Very, mm-hmm. very highly acclaimed in the industry. But okay. I just yeah. I. Yeah, it wasn't working and it was getting me down and I couldn't work out why I couldn't do it. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I came home over Christmas that year Mm -hmm. and sat down with my parents and said, I think I'm depressed. Okay. Um, How did they take that? um, I remember that it was a bit of like a brush off maybe. Okay. Like I don't, I don't think that they intended for it to come across like that. But in my memory, and that could be very wrong, mm-hmm. it didn't feel like they took that seriously. Okay. So yeah. I tried to get help, and it took a couple of goes to get help. Um, and what did that look like for you going, when I first started? How on, about going to get the help? Was oh, it GP? You went to the I, regular doctor. No, well, because I'd just moved to Adelaide. I didn't have a regular doctor. Oh, yeah. So um, I just found the closest doctor I had mm-hmm. and, yeah, started on antidepressants. Okay. Hated them. Hated them. Yeah. Didn't stay on them for very long. Did the, do- did the doctor suggest a psychologist at all? No. Interesting. No, no. just went, yeah. oh, you're sad. Here, take this. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Which, I don't know. I mean, we've come a long way. Oh, definitely. With stuff like that. And at the time, there was no way in hell I could afford a psychologist. I was only like 19 or 20. So it just was way out of my budget. And it's not something I thought about. So I just went, oh, if I just take these This this is what the doctors told me to do. So So this is what I'll do. Mm. And then how did the medication affect you? Um, I felt like I was hovering above myself. I don't know if that makes sense, but yeah. it sort of dialed everything back. Mm-hmm. 
like made everything uh, less weak, uh, less colourful yeah, or like actually that's a really like faded, like, if you I will. I felt like I was always like hovering above, like just being like a spectator mm-hmm. <laughs> mm. instead of actually being yeah. like. Like in... you were on the ride but not driving it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I went, oh, I'll come off them. Yeah. So in that period, um, relationship breakdown, and I also started a new relationship, which is still my like I'm married to that lovely, lovely human <laughs> that puts up with a lot of my issues. So, yeah, I that's where we are today. Had kids, yeah, and it still wasn't quite. Right. Something was still a bit off. Okay. So how long were you on the medication for? I was on the medication for, I was probably only on it for about six months. Okay. And then I weaned myself off it. Yeah. And then I think, I don't know how many years down the track, I mm-hmm. went back on. Okay. I can't. The same one? No. Different, different one. one? Different one. And I've More been... success? Yes, I've been on and off that ever since. Okay. Um, the last time I took myself off it was probably last year. Terrible idea. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Rubbish idea. Well, at least you can recognise it yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Okay. So, you know, you've had a bit of a journey in terms of seeking treatment and different medications and whatnot over mm-hmm. the, well, that started at 19 to now. Yeah, 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 so quite a few years. So, yeah, it's been on and off trying to work out what the hell is wrong, what's going on with me for the past sort of, yeah, 15 years. Lots of bumps in the road and, yeah, but it's only been that since we were getting our eldest child Mm -hmm. assessed for ADHD. Okay. When was that? uh, Well, we started the process when he was four. Okay, and he's now? He's now almost nine. Right, okay. So he was so, only diagnosed officially last year. Wow. Mm-hmm. I didn't realise it could take such a long No, well, time. what happened was the first time I tried, there were other underlying health issues as okay. well as that. Yeah. And they basically said to me, if this wasn't, if this particular thing wasn't an issue, do you think you would have, like, are there any other problems like ADHD or autism? And I went, oh. I think so, and that yeah. was it. That oh. was it. I just went, oh, okay, so they don't think he has it. Right. Oh, okay. And then when he started school, mm-hmm. that was when, yeah, so they flagged it when he was at childcare and at kindergarten. Right. And then he started primary school, and that was when the teachers started going, hey, mm-hmm. we're just wondering... <laughs> Okay, yeah. And I'm like, oh, yeah, no, I have tried that. And they're like, huh. try again. Right, okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So then what was the process after that? So back to the doctor. Back to the doctor to get a referral. Yeah. Um, because we were already in the system. Yeah. With him, we went privately, um, mm-hmm. which not everybody can do, mm-hmm. but it's a hell of a lot quicker. Right, okay. The wait time is like years okay in the public system to get a child diagnosed it's crazy yeah Mm. 
Okay. So then you are going through that process with your son. Uh-huh. So and... there's a million documents that you have to fill in. Mm-hmm. You've got to fill them in. The school's got to fill them in. So you've got to take them to the school and uh, then collect them from the school. Yeah. Um, like documents that are about um, like behavioural patterns yeah. and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Okay. Yeah. So husband and I were sitting down, going through it, mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh, I do that. Right. I do that. I do that. Oh. <laughs> right. So it was like a light bulb moment. So, yeah, I went, oh, I wonder if maybe that's yeah. me. And at the time I had no idea that it was it could be genetic as well. Okay. So when we had our first um, meeting with the neuropsychologist, mm-hmm. the paediatric neuropsych, that's when we found out it was genetic and then I jokingly went, oh, I'm starting to think that I've got it as well. And he just looked me dead in the eye and went, we'll get to you in a minute. Oh. And then kept going. And I was like, oh, Jesus. I mean, he said it a lot nicer than yeah. that, but that's exactly what he said. Like, yeah. it was like, Yeah. So do you think he had picked up on something already? Oh, he totally knew. Oh, wow. He absolutely knew because I was there fidgeting. Like right. I wasn't sitting still. Yeah. And even now I'm trying so hard to I sit still. <laughs> and I told you before, I was like, try not to like tap on everything. And then afterwards I was like, oh, that wasn't very my nice. My eyes just today. <laughs> fell out of my head. I was like, oh, God. And I was like, as best you can. It's fine. <laughs> No, no, but yeah, I was fidgeting and I would be like touching the pillow and Mm -hmm. like doing all this stuff. And it's only now that I look back and go, wow, I thought I was just a red flag. Yeah, wow. (laughs) Okay. Then what happened? Like the same doctor then went on to diagnose you? No, I had to go to a different doctor. um, But I didn't start that process until I had completely unraveled. Okay. Because of the pressure of of everything happening at home and everything happening um, where I was working at the time just kind of got on top of me and then that that break needed Mm -hmm. to happen, that crack needed to happen for me to go, all right, I've... I've got to do something about this. Otherwise, it's just, um, yeah. Okay. What would you say then was that lowest point? Do you want to talk us through sort of what happened there? Okay. Um, It was probably a process of years, really, of just, again, going back to being a teenager, just doing stupid, irresponsible shit. Like, yeah, Yeah. I'm I'm a mother. Mm Mm-hmm. I should, like, I'm allowed to have fun, but Absolutely. I should, A, I should be setting a good example and B, I don't know, I just flat out should have been setting a better example. Um, I was drinking way too much, okay. way, 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 way too much, like to dangerous levels where mm. I was being unsafe. Okay. I was, and then, you know, that whole anxiety Oh, the yeah, next that's day the worst. where you've actually got to like basically crawl back to the people that you're with the night before and go, hey, what did I do? Sorry about that. Yeah. What? Yeah. And what did I do? Yeah. So I got to the point where they just went, we're, we're not doing this with you anymore. Okay. And they were friends that I'd had since I was in kindergarten. 
Wow. So they just could see where I was heading. Yeah. And for their own self-preservation, I understand. They yeah. were like, no, nah, I'm out. So was this like a, a weekly thing? Was it a every couple of nights thing? Was it an every night thing? It wasn't an every night thing, but if yeah. I, I was out, yeah. oh, I made the most of it. Okay, yeah. Um, but then that also progressed to I didn't have anyone to hang out with, so I started drinking at home. Yeah, okay, yeah. And I was able to justify my drinking habits, like totally like very loose long bows of this is okay, this is fine, this is fine. Mm-hmm. And then I had a particularly crappy week where there were issues with my son at school. Um, work was quite stressful. I'd had a bad day. So I went to, I just went and had a few beers. Mm-hmm. And then on the way home, I went and got a bottle of wine mm-hmm. and that went and things just got worse and worse and worse. And I ended up sending a message to one of our really good friends, like my husband and my really good friends, and just said, sorry, I can't do it. Like, tell, ev- tell everyone I love them. I'm really sorry. Yeah. He then rang my husband yeah. who found me, called the ambulance, like, yeah. I hadn't, yeah, I'm not going to go into That's okay. how yes, yeah, that's fine. found because it's pointless. Um, but, yeah, that, that was pretty been, fucked. Yeah, that must have been a very <laughs> difficult time. Yeah, it was what I put everybody through. Yeah. Um, was awful. Yeah. But, and... It's nice that you can say that and think of everybody else, but how I feel is how awful that you felt that way, that that's what you thought was the best outcome, Hmm. was that you weren't to be here anymore. Yeah, well, I thought I was on the cusp of losing my mind. Yeah. And my family and the very, very few friends I had left, which are, which, and they're still with me, thank God. The ones that were there at the absolute lowest, like that week. Yeah. They're stuck with me. So, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I think that's just such a good proof of like, you know, when we are feeling, you know, potentially suicidal or like, you know, nothing can ever get better. There is still so much love around us, but it's yeah. that depression that yeah. is is telling us that there's not. It's you know at, at least you know in my experience, you know it it tries to block out all of that love. Mm-hmm. But the proof is there, as you've just said, that those people that were there for you in that time, that you are so loved. Yeah, yeah, and that yeah, I'm usually pretty good with talking about this, but when yeah. you think about what everybody's reactions were at that time, well, when I think about mm-hmm. how everybody dealt with that in the 24, 48 hours after, the week after, like, yeah, that's the bit that, like, I could talk about it until the cows come home, but if you ask me to talk about how it made everybody else feel, yeah, 
that's when I'm gone. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it is hard to, to think about that as well. Yeah. But yeah. How, you know, obviously you went into hospital. I did, yes. They held me under the Mental Health Act, which is yeah. a delightful little act that means you can't go home until you are sober. Yeah. A, well, A, sober. B, have talked to a psychiatrist. Yeah. And C, have a plan for when they discharge you. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. And that was probably, I think, the third time that's happened to me since I had turned 30. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so quite a few moments. That's yeah. not even counting the times where the decision wasn't made. Right. To call authorities. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And so how long were you in the hospital this time? I was only in for, I don't know how I kept doing this, but it was always under 24 hours, mm-hmm. which I all I think, well, the last time I was given the option to stay. Okay. Well, but I didn't. Yeah. I just feel like you shouldn't be given a choice to be I honest. just went, I've got kids at home. Yeah. I can't not be there. Yeah. That's hard, actually. I don't know if I agree with what I just said. Like, no, no, no. Do you know like, what I mean? Like, that was it's, always it's, my. It's a hard. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think that, and I, and I say this in a in a non mean or judgmental way, but do you think you were able to manipulate and tell the people in charge 100%. what they wanted to hear? Absolutely. So that you could get out sooner. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I didn't want to be there for any longer than yeah. I. And because I think legally had to be, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's great that that act is is there, and I I I guess like for anyone listening who's outside of Australia, that likely there would be something like that in their own countries as well. Yeah, yeah. So basically, you have a security guard at your door Um, at the hospital. mm -hmm. They check on you. They take everything off you. Mm -hmm. They like. How did that make you feel, having oh. that person at the door? Oh, I hated it. There was yeah. one instance where I wasn't even allowed to go to the toilet without being watched. Wow. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's hard because, like, if because you, you, if there's two ways of, like, looking at it, I'm like, I'm a human and someone's watching me go to the bathroom. Like, that would make me feel, I don't know, dehumanised almost. But then I also think... It's being done to keep someone safe. Yeah. Like it's, I, I there's see two why, sides. but yeah. oh my god, you just don't want anyone to ever have to do it. And yeah, I am adamant that the, I'm never going to have to go through that again because it is yeah. so awful. Yeah, yeah. And how you know uh, after you were um, discharged after you were, from the funny you. fam? <laughs> <laughs> Not the end words I was going to use. After I you were know. discharged. <laughs> um, <laughs> Like, what happened then? Like, how was your, um, like, sort of integration back home and how was the family support network and...? Uh, good. Yeah. Good. My mum went mental at yeah. me. She was cross. Yeah. Hurt. Scared. Yeah. And she had every right to be mm-hmm. because I had, while I was in hospital... Somehow I still had my phone, so and I don't remember any of this, but she said I called her and just went nuts at her, called her again, left a voicemail. I really hope she doesn't still have it. Oh, <laughs> hopefully she's deleted it. Nah, you know, yeah. I've just said I never, if you've still got it, I never want to hear it. Yeah. 
But yeah, to be the cause of your mum who doesn't cry, <laughs> crying on the other end of the phone because of something you've done. Yeah. Not to mention everybody else. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. But they supported me. Yeah. Of course, they love you. Yeah. You know? They were pretty good and um, I just, yeah, that mm-hmm. was where I went. Nope. i got to do... Something needs to change. Something. So I sat down and wrote a list. I was like, right. I love lists. Back on my <laughs> medication. Yep. Referral to a, a psychologist that deals with alcohol. We're going to go with addiction. <laughs> yep. And get a psych. Mm-hmm. Get this assessment rolling. Yeah. Because that was my last card I had to play. Yeah. But that's so great that you were able to come out of that and be Mm. like, okay, something needs to change and here's how I'm going to action it. So you should be so proud of yourself for doing that because not everyone's able to do that. I am, but I also think, oh, did it really have to, did all of that have to happen for me to actually get off my ass and do something for Mm. myself? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But... I don't know, you can't change the past. No. All we can do is acknowledge it mm-hmm. and then look at those silver linings, like I just said. Like, look what you did for yourself now. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And so. you just said you wanted to go with addiction. Why the hesitation around the term? Well. If you want to go there's, into it. Yeah, no, 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 yeah. I can. Because I know that there is probably a lot of people that I know that are either still in my life or not in around anymore mm-hmm. that would want me to use that. Okay. Yeah. But on the flip side and whether I am skewing this to mm-hmm. my favour. Yeah. I know I have the ability to not mm-hmm. drink. Okay. I know I can and I have done it. Yeah, many, 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 many times in the past. Yeah. It's just I need to be more aware now. Like those binge, like it's the binging that used to stitch me up. Yeah. So I saw that psychologist purely to reset my brain into getting back into those healthier habits, knowing the signs of when it's a terrible idea for me to drink. Yeah. Self-awareness is just such a powerful tool. Yeah. Like, that's massive. Like, if I'm having a shit day mm-hmm. and I'm not always perfect at it, I'm still trying to, to yeah. really put all of this knowledge into practice. Mm-hmm. If I'm having a bad day, maybe I shouldn't go for, like, mm-hmm. the bottom shelf of the fridge. Yeah. Or yeah. the gin in the cupboard. Yeah. Can't always, yeah, like I said, yeah. I don't always follow through with it, yeah. but I know that that's a bad choice. Yeah. Drinking yeah. with people that aren't going to always sort of egg me on as yeah. well, I noticed, mm-hmm. was a big trigger. Mm-hmm. Um, I always keep up with the boys. 
Always. I always, for many, many years, Mm -hmm. I've gone toe-to-toe and it has been a running running joke. Yeah. uh, I cannot keep up with the boys. I'm such a lightweight now. Oh, I can, but I shouldn't. (laughs) Especially like those, like the craft beers, Mm. they're like... Yeah. Something stupid, like yeah, like seven and a half percent, eight percent kind of yeah, thing. I have yeah. like one of those, and I'm like, woo, nice. <laughs> yeah. No, so we now have a rule that yeah. anything above ten percent is a sharer. Oh yeah, doesn't matter how yeah. big that beer is, you will split you sh- it. Yeah, two or three ways, depending yeah. on who's at the house. I love that. Yeah. I love beer tasting, and that's nice to like because then you you'll have a little taste, and you're like, yeah. oh, this one's a bit like yeah. This it's a bit too hoppy for me, or yeah, a bit that, too and that's or... what we and that's the other thing because I am such I nerd out with all the craft beer and Love stuff. Love it. <laughs> I didn't want to. You know, I used to work at Big Shed. <laughs> ah, <laughs> so I'm gonna name drop another. <laughs> yes, local brewer here. Yes, <laughs> I have a nickname there. Oh my god. Oh, what is it? <laughs> well, during the oh god. <laughs> okay. Sorry, Mum. During, <laughs> during the pandemic, they were serving beer in, like, the hole in the wall. Do you remember yes. that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So um, the staff there used to, well, a couple of the staff used to start calling me Meerkat. Okay. Because they'd turn around and I'd just be there. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'd pop up with my, because I'm short as well. Okay, yeah, yeah. I'd be, like, at the bar, like, with my hands, hello. Oh, like, <laughs> so that's a cute nickname to have, really. So, as a bit of a joke, when the world started to regroup, mm-hmm. I got a meerkat. Oh my god, you have a meerkat tattoo with beer! <laughs> that's amazing. So she has I, like a tattoo at the bottom of her leg that's like on my left a, inner ankle. It's like meerkat. a meerkat standing to attention, <laughs> but it's holding pints. <laughs> Best kind of me a cat. <laughs> it's my tattooist's favorite design ever. ever. Oh she tells goodness. me every time I go in. That's so funny. <laughs> and this is why we follow tangents on a podcast. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> no, don't say sorry. Look at what we've just found. <laughs> I know. ADHD also comes with side quests. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love a side quest. So. Now, where were we? So we're talking about, um, like, the alcohol side of things And how afterwards. I was, wasn't comfortable with the whole term yeah. addiction. Yeah. So you started seeing the psychologist or to help you with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she is was based in the city and she, her, um, she was purely alcohol addiction and yeah. how it affects the brain. And, yeah. And she was pretty cool with me setting my own terms. Okay. Like, yeah. did I want to stop? Did I want to reduce? Yeah. Form healthier practices. Okay. Yeah. So that led to a massive battle of, oh, do I stop? Yeah. Do I not stop? And then I just went, look, I will do the safe practices method. Yeah. Um, and see how it goes. And I think... Which is... Just being aware of... The mood, yeah. my mood. Um, like if you'd had the bad day. Yeah. Don't, also on yeah. the on the flip side, if yeah. I'm like in a super hyperactive mood. Yeah. Bad idea. Yeah, that's interesting because like my my brain went straight for like if you've had a shit day, don't do it. But I can see how like um, 
your emotions heightened in the opposite direction does the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I think about weddings. Yeah. Well, Everyone gets wasted at a wedding. <laughs> I was drunk at my own wedding reception. Like, <laughs> <laughs> goodness. But um, yeah, my husband could pick it. Yeah. Yeah. He could pick the nights where where it was gonna all fall apart unravel when I would be like a gross mess puddle on the floor from overindulging yeah I couldn't yeah but now I'm getting heaps better at recognizing that yeah and if I hadn't seen this lady Mm. I you know I just can't say enough how much I think how much value I believe there is in seeing um, a professional of, of some kind even if it's um a psychologist, a psychiatrist, a life coach, uh, anything, someone who can help you become more aware. It's yeah. just exactly what this um, person had done for you. Yeah, yep, yep. So that all coincided with getting my appointment with the psychiatrist. Yeah. So because of what had happened to me, I got in really quickly. Yeah. I already Good. had this I'm guy's glad, name. You know. I already had this psychiatrist's name from my psychologist, my other psychologist that I've been yeah. seeing for many, many, many years for all the anxiety, depression stuff. Okay. And so in order to get a diagnosis for ADHD, you must see a psychiatrist. You must see. You okay. must get a referral from a GP yeah. to then get into a psychiatrist. Okay. They happened to be in the same building at the time. Oh, nice. So, Hello. yeah, I know. a few. They pulled a few strings and I got in within like a month, yeah. which is un heard of yeah yeah at the moment oh especially at the um, moment i believe yeah kids yeah like i said before wait list for a public system mm. for children is two years right yeah i think adults are around the same if not worse yeah okay um so, so i don't what, know how i jagged it yeah but <laughs> yeah yeah and then straight away i was like right this happened this happened this happened did a quick little survey and then he's like, mm, yeah, no, I'm prescribing you with mm-hmm. Ritalin. Okay. Yeah. Which is a hardcore drug. Okay. Like you have, you you go on a register. Yeah, I've, I've heard about you that. You are monitored. The scripts have a very short expiry day, mm, mm-hmm. which I found out recently. That was fun. Okay. Oh. <laughs> I had I had us back up. It's fine. Okay. Yeah, you have to get permission from the government to be on this medication. Yeah. So this, like the the one that you just said, is it Ritalin? Ritalin. Yeah. Yeah. So that can also be misused recreationally. Is yes, that correct? It can. So that's yeah. part of the reason why there are such strict all regulations. AD, yeah. All ADHD medication is basically street legal speed. Okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> Um, yeah. So used um, in the wrong way. Yeah. It. Yeah. Okay. And if I if I sell it. Yeah. I'm thrown in jail. Yeah. Like I yeah. obviously I'm not. No. <laughs> we are not doing that. No, but... no. 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 Definitely not. But that's the that's how severe that's the consequence how... can be. Yeah. 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 Okay. So my son and I are on the same medication. I'm yeah. on a higher dose. Yeah. Again, I had to really push through with the medication because it makes you feel so sick. Okay. The nausea is... Is that just until you get your body gets used to it or...? Yeah, yeah. So 
at first, like you build it up in your system and then yeah. you maintain it. And then if you need to, you build it up again or you can take it down depending right. on how it affects you. Okay. Um, so I'm probably on 50% of the maximum dose. Okay. Yeah. So there's room to move if the there's needs room, should yeah. arise. Yeah. yeah. Also, um, I heard at the moment that in Australia there's like a, a crisis, like a shortage, a shortage with ADHD of, medicine. There is. Yours? Yep. Wow. Have you been affected by that yet? Not yet. Not yet. I'm just waiting. It's only a matter okay. of time. Why is it? Do you know? Is I, it just supply? I'm not sure. Mm. I Honestly, I really should find out. <laughs> I, should have, I, I should have looked out yeah, beforehand. But, um, so mm. we're good for the minute, but I do wonder what that would mean if I couldn't film my script. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. The other thing, which is irony at its finest, forgetting to take your medication. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, you've got to, like, I mean, I have alarms, but I get sidetracked. Yeah. This is why I couldn't but if take I the contraceptive take, pill. Yeah. But if I, I take the medication, now. yeah, I can focus. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. I know. It's um, also, one of those weird I and wonderful things. Just googled it, and mm-hmm. the reason that there is a shortage with ADHD medicine, uh, medications in Australia is due to the COVID nineteen pandemic affecting international supply chains, which has been the case for lots for of things. everything. I would have, so, if I had to guess, that would have been my answer, but yeah. I didn't want to give the wrong information. There we go. <laughs> Google comes to the rescue. Once mm-hmm. again, you could probably hear me tapping in the background. It was me that time. Not me. <laughs> so other than taking the Ritalin, mm-hmm. do you do anything else to now manage either your ADHD or your mental health in general? Well, I'm still regularly seeing. I'm yep. not seeing the specialist psychologist anymore. I'm okay. just back to two. I was finding it. Mm. It's very draining talking about your feelings yeah. To one person, yeah. let alone three yeah. in a month. Yeah. It just wasn't, it was sort of getting me down more. So I just thought when I was comfortable with where I was at with the specialist psychologist, I would finish that up. I would wrap that up and go back to just the psychiatrist yeah. for the medication check ins and my regular psychologist. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So I do all of that. Um, my medication obviously helps. Mm-hmm. Um, what about things for self-care? Um, I try so hard to exercise, but I find it so boring. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have stints where, and this is where the hyper-focus yeah. thing comes in, I have stints where I could go, I could ride my exercise bike Every day, mm-hmm. every single day mm-hmm. for nine months or whatever. I did that nine months straight. Yeah. And then I just went, eh. <laughs> I'm over that now. Yeah, I'm over that now. Yeah. Um, I do dance classes every week. Wonderful. Yeah, every Thursday night I yeah. get together with a bunch of ladies. And what type of dance? It's um, with Chulala. Oh, I've heard Woodville. of them. So it's like burlesque fusion. Yeah. I don't get my gear off. Yeah. I'm not about that. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Actually, I know another girl who goes there. Um, you might 
I'll have to find her um, Instagram. I won't name drop her here just in case. <laughs> <laughs> That's not the point. Um, but I'll show you afterwards. Yeah, it looks yeah. like fun. Yeah, it is fun. It's yeah. really good. Yeah. yeah. And um, that, I mean, that's exercise. Yeah, it's It's, it's accidental exercise yeah. that you enjoy doing. Yes. You know? And you have to find what – you have to like doing it, otherwise you're not going to do it. Exactly. I've been doing term. it for two, two years now. Nice. Did you do um, like a show at the Fringe? Mm-hmm. Oh, no. Did I have COVID then? No. <laughs> no, I didn't. And there was another showcase not that long ago, wasn't there? Yeah, yeah, I was yeah. in that. Yeah. Oh, I reckon you would know my friend. We'll talk ah. later. <laughs> oh, nice. nice. So, yeah, there's, you know, you that is definitely something for your mental health, for sure. Yeah, because it gets me, it gets mm-hmm. me out of the house. It's something that mm. I can do well, I'm not by myself, but it's no, my but a different thing, community. My one thing, and I everyone's so nice. They're yeah. so funny and gorgeous, yeah. and yeah, it's sometimes I go, oh, I just don't know if I can be bothered. Yeah, and by the time I leave, I'm like, okay, cool, all right. I'm glad I did that. Yeah, I'm glad I dragged my. F- Fat butt off the couch. <laughs> that's not very nice for yourself. Okay. <laughs> but that's great. I love that because I'm sure that that does make you feel like not just good for your body but, like, you know, inside as well, you know. It's the dopamine. Yes, that's – love that. Love that dopamine thing. Yeah, you've got it. It's the dopamine hit mm-hmm. that I need. Yeah. Who's been the most influential person for you along this journey? Um, M. Rossiano. Okay. Love her or hate her, she is, well, she. For anyone who doesn't know. Okay. So she was on I on Australian Idol, like the second season or okay. whatever. I think she cried a lot. I didn't really watch it. <laughs> Sounds like my kind of gal. Um, oh, she's amazing. So she has a podcast called Emsolation, mm-hmm. which came about during COVID. Okay. And through. I can't remember exactly how she got diagnosed, but COVID played a part. Mm-hmm. And you wouldn't pick her as someone that has ADHD. Right. So when she was like, hey, so this is what's happening, yada, 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 mm-hmm. I was like, oh, okay, this is interesting. And then, you know, you're mentally ticking off all the boxes for yourself again. Mm-hmm. And she has made it her thing now. Yeah. She's really championing for... Neurodiversity yeah. women, right? Yeah, yeah, more access to not only just for women but okay. for just, yeah. just neurodiverse, the neurodiverse people in general. Okay, good. Aut- yeah. Autism spectrum disorder, yeah. all of that kind of stuff because it's really... Yes, you can take medication, but there are other things you can do mm-hmm. to help. Like there are other – and she listed a whole bunch of things on her National Press Club address that she did quite recently. Anyone that's interested, please look it up. It's incredible. I cried. Yeah. Um, I'll try – I'll find the link and I'll put it in the show notes. Yeah, she made so much sense on how society – can be a little bit kinder to people like mm-hmm. myself that felt that feel like we don't fit in, that we're mm-hmm. a little bit weird, we're a little bit of an inconvenience because we have these quirks or these little, you know, mm-hmm. things that we do differently and, yeah. like, 
one of the things she listed was open plan offices should just not be a thing for neurodiverse people. And I'm like, huh, (laughs) interesting. As you're sat in an open plan office. (laughs) Precisely. I love my job. I love my new job. It's bloody great. But now I understand why I wear headphones at work. Yeah. Because it just, it, I wouldn't get work done. I would just be distracting everybody all the time. Yeah, okay, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's interesting because, I, I mean, as you say that, I'm like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. But, like, I, I wouldn't have thought of it on my own. Mm. So, like, even just discussions like yeah. this, and if that's what um, Em is doing as well, yeah, like, just the more people talk about it, the more people are going to mm. understand. Mm-hmm. So I think that's mm. amazing. And the... Um, process of actually being diagnosed Mm -hmm. is hard and long Mm. and sometimes really expensive right Um, if it's if it's private if it's private if you want to get it done you gotta yeah okay mm. do you have like a a rough idea of like a ballpark of how much you think it would cost to get oh no i really don't um because i found in my psychiatrist pure gold bulk bills oh wonderful yeah so there was no cost <laughs> so there was no cost yeah okay but not everybody does that correct yeah so it so can vary it does vary mm-hmm. and if you are going through the public system mm-hmm. oh my god yeah hats off to you if anyone has been anyone listening has been through that process and has had to pay for it i'd love you to slide into my dms and yeah, sort of yeah let me know like, i know that feel like comfortable if you feel comfortable in doing that just for a yeah like when i had um, my friend sophie on and she was talking about how much she had to pay to have a hysterectomy which yeah. she um chose to have uh-huh. because it essentially gave her life back yeah due to how bad her endo was yeah and i was flabbergasted yeah at how yeah. much she had to pay for that so mm. i would just for Interest sake, love to know what that costs. I, I know. I think for for Oscar, it was about three and a half grand. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Which isn't huge, huge, oh. but it's still a lot. Not everybody has three and a half. No, grand. Like, uh, for yeah. the average family, mm. that's still a, a we, significant amount. Yeah. At the time when we were sort of given a ballpark figure, we were like, Oof. yeah, but we're course. doing it. Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so that's, yeah, amazing that she was able to. And what is the podcast? M- uh, it's called Emsolation, mm-hmm. but the um, National Press Club address, the speech yeah. and the Q&A thing that she did is on ABC iView. Cool. You yeah, can so get people it can on find it there. streaming. Yeah, yeah, and it's the best. She's chaotic. She is nuts. Love it. Like she is my spirit animal. Yeah. <laughs> cool. And there was another podcast there that you is. mentioned. There's a new one, um, a husband and wife team. Mm-hmm. Their names are Callie and Lockie. Mm-hmm. Their podcast is called <laughs> Fuck Them Fish. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, Fuck Them Fish. But I think if you're looking it up, it's just F Them Fish because of social media. And uh, like, yeah, can, okay. Yeah. Yeah. But um, theirs is great. I think they've only done like three episodes, but yeah. it's so good it for me i tried other um adhd podcasts yeah they were informative but boring okay yeah so boring and this one makes it interesting and fun Mm -hmm. and it still gives you the information that you need and the little like some of the things that 
she will talk about with her husband. So she has ADHD mm-hmm. and her husband doesn't. Okay. So it's all about sort of managing that dynamic. Mm-hmm. And she was diagnosed at I think 45. Yeah. 43? I don't wanna I don't wanna yeah. offend. But <laughs> that getting is the common, age wrong. Right? Yeah. with women that mm-hmm. they are diagnosed later in life. Yes, because our generation, we the girls we were just quiet or we were ditzy or, mm. you know, off with the fairies. Yeah, all these terms that were used. Loud. Yeah. Um, Dramatic. Yeah. Why, mm. why are you so, like, angry? Why are you so mm. upset? Like, it's like, yeah. Yeah. It was ADHD the whole time. <laughs> it was ADHD. <laughs> But, yeah, that's a statistic and I will find the real statistics yeah. and put them in the show notes as well. But mm. I've definitely been hearing a lot about that in the media. That yeah. is, yeah, definitely Women, a lot more common. Women, girls are so underdiagnosed mm. as a whole. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> On pretty much everything. Yeah. <laughs> um, but ADHD, it, the, the stats are tipped well, mm. yeah, yeah, well towards more being a boys thing yeah and for a very long time it was like professionals were saying girls don't have don't, girls don't get adhd mm. they just don't mm. it's like, mm, you're wrong yeah we do <laughs> it just looks a bit different yeah yeah actually on that fun fact my son has inattentive adhd which is commonly found that's the most common female Interesting. Diagnosis. Yeah. Oh, I have the hyperactive, which is the common male. Oh, so you've got like so we've just typically flipped the flipped. Yeah. We've flipped it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Going to do it your own way. You know? Oh, and boy, have we both done things <laughs> our own way over the years. <laughs> so what? You know, what do you wish that you could tell that past self? You know, or maybe someone who's potentially going through um, the same thing. Ah, (laughs) I think I did say this to you (laughs) when I was nutting everything out. My past self wouldn't have listened to me anyway. (laughs) I was hoping you were going to remember that. (laughs) I love that answer. She wouldn't have listened, so it doesn't really matter. She would have just looked at me, rolled her eyes and gone, whatever, and walked off. But to someone else then. (laughs) Now... I would tell my past self, you will begin to understand why you are the way you are. Yeah. It, it's not an easy road. It's going to be really shit mm-hmm. and I'm sorry, mm. <laughs> but life is sometimes a bit shit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you'll get it eventually. Mm-hmm. You'll fail, but you'll get it eventually. Yeah. Just keep going. Yeah. And do you know what? I already had my ways of coping without even knowing that I had ADHD. Mm-hmm. I had well, lists, so many lists, mm. um, calendars, reminders, mm-hmm. like all over the place, processes of just to get through the day Okay. without the medicate when I was unmedicated. Yeah. There were certain things that people thought I did that was weird mm-hmm. and over the top, but I did it because if I didn't do it that way, I'd miss a step. Yeah. I'd forget yeah. a step. Yeah. Um, and it got worse after when I had kids. Okay. It got worse because there were so many more things you have to... Oh, for sure. across. Like, 
appointments. Keeping other people alive. Alive. <laughs> yeah. Like, I was, I, God, I do a rubbish time keeping myself alive, <laughs> let alone having to yeah. remember to. <laughs> Multiple other people, you know. <laughs> my kids are fine. My kids are yes. totally fine. Yes. They are safe. They are, yes. <laughs> I mean, it's the same for any parent. Like, yeah. You know. But if you already struggle yes. to remember stuff for yourself, mm-hmm. it's, yeah. And I think, I don't know if it's a thing where it just gets worse as you're older and mm-hmm. undiagnosed maybe. I'm mm-hmm. not sure. But, yeah, the struggle, my real hardcore struggles were as a parent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, but I think that had to all come out and happen mm-hmm. in order to get diagnosed. Yeah. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah. I don't know if I made sense at all with an answer. <laughs> I think I just smushed a bunch of words together okay. and we hoped like that something stuck. It's like a sandwich. You know, it's fine. The more we get in, the better, the more tasty it's going to be. <laughs> so what do you think that we as a society can do better, you know, um, as a community or, like, for people in the mental health space? How can we support people better? Okay. Educating the neurotypical because mm-hmm. that is bloody hard mm-hmm. it's so hard to explain what's going on in your head to somebody that doesn't experience what's going on in your head yeah I try so hard to explain like I said my poor husband <laughs> and my close friends are always being sent memes and articles yeah and little stats mm-hmm. in the hope that maybe it'll make them understand yeah. Better? Because if then they can understand and then I might be a little bit better. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Education in and more research, I think, into adult females in particular with ADHD yeah. because I don't think there's a, a lot. You yeah. struggle to find hard facts mm. on numbers for one. I did a quick Google earlier and I it was not easy to find the statistics specifically around women. Yeah, yeah, because, you know, it's been called a fad Mm. because lots of women are being diagnosed in the past two years. COVID, we were all at home. Yeah. We all did a lot of internal, like, stock-taking, I think, Mm -hmm. and realised that something wasn't right. Mm Mm-hmm. And for people to turn around and go, oh, it's a fad or, oh, no, you really don't, it's like, well, mm. I'm not a trained professional psychiatrist but mm. I've seen one. Yeah, and they have said. And they have said. <laughs> so, so and it's, it's not easy to get a diagnosis. Yeah. You've yeah. got to really prove it. Yeah. And to get that medication, mm. you've really got to prove And um pharmacists please don't look at me strange Mm. when I walk in with my script for Ritalin Mm. I do need it we are so bloody good at stuff Mm. that people that don't have ADHD Mm. are good like creative thinkers Mm -hmm. problem solvers Mm -hmm. we have like people with ADHD have the ability to think outside the box yeah yeah which thankfully isn't hampered by the medication you have to take. Yes, yeah, yeah. Um, I found with antidepressants that mm. it sometimes had the opposite effect. Like it wouldn't 
I wasn't me. Yeah. I'm still with the changing, yeah, the antidepressants, which I'm still on, mm-hmm. and the combination of the Ritalin, I've, I'm still me. Mm-hmm. I'm more focused. Mm-hmm. I can concentrate. And I'm useful. Yeah. I feel like I'm useful again. Like I can get the kids ready for school in the morning. I still forget their library books, but I'm pretty sure <laughs> that's just a thing everybody does. Um, it definitely is a thing everybody does. <laughs> As a non-parent, I'm making a judgment call. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone does that, good I'm call. sure. Good call. <laughs> I'm good at work. Like yeah. I, I still remember when, um, because I started medication in my previous job, mm-hmm. and in that week, because they all knew that I was being diagnosed, they all knew that I was on new medication, and I remember one of my one of the directors saying. That medication's really working for you. Oh, good. <laughs> like you're calmer. You're yeah, dealing with things okay. so much better. You're more efficient. Because mm-hmm. she'd be like, oh, have you done this? I'm like, yep. Yeah. What about that bit? Yep. Oh, good. It's like, oh, okay. Well, if you're noticing that it's working, yeah, then it must be working because I didn't really know. I wasn't yeah. sure. Yeah. Oh, that's good to hear. Mm. Oh, good. Looking back now with hindsight about the path that you've been down, which is, you know, quite a path. Uh, yeah. <laughs> when you talk about it, how, it's like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. How do you feel about all that you've been through? Pretty good. Like mm-hmm. I'm not happy that all of these things happened for yeah. me to get to here because lots of people close to me have obviously gone through the ringer mm-hmm. and it's still a work in progress. I am still a work in progress. But the more I understand, the better I feel about it. It's that you, when I first got diagnosed, I, it wasn't a shock. It was more like, okay, all right. So there was that acceptance. Mm. But then like a grieving process in reverse kind of happened where Mm -hmm. I got angry and sad and, but in like, I would chop and change my emotions and I know that I will get to acceptance again, but, yeah, it's... Yeah. It's an up and down kind of process, yeah. a bit of a carousel. It's just weird. Mm-hmm. Like one day I'll be like, oh, no, this is fine, like I'm, I'm okay with this, and then other days I'm like, why the fuck can't I function? Why can't I adult today? Mm-hmm. And But then you go to bed. You wake up and you go, all right, let's do this again. Yeah. We've got to try this again. Yeah. Sometimes, like, if I'm having, a like, a really bad day for my depression or anxiety, I'll put myself to bed. Yeah. Because I'm like, okay, I know that 99% of the time when I wake up tomorrow, I'm not going to feel as bad as I feel right now. Mm-hmm. So let's just get rid of this day, yeah. go to bed. Have and another crack start out over tomorrow. tomorrow. Yeah. 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 I wish I had gotten the diagnosis earlier. Yeah. I understand that that probably would never have happened, Mm. but sometimes I think maybe that would have been beneficial for me to get it Mm -hmm. earlier. Um, Not necessarily high school because there is no way in hell that I would have got it in high school. How did your parents react when you told them that you were diagnosed? 
they, they were like, no, no. They were like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, it runs in families. Yeah. So when Oscar was diagnosed, mm-hmm. I was like, well, it's uh, one of us. Yeah. More than likely. And mm-hmm. I, I, like, my husband's quite smart and academic. Mm-hmm. And I just kind of went, well, I don't think it's you. Okay. <laughs> Whereas I'm chaotic and loud and I'm very much the same personality-wise yeah. as my son. Mm-hmm. So, I, yeah. Mm-hmm. And he wasn't ticking any of the boxes, let's be okay. honest. <laughs> hey, I was like, do you do that? He's like, no. Nah. I'm like, okay, oh, yeah. I do that. Yeah. <laughs> well, like when you think about you know you've you've been through a lot you know in your life and I just think you know I just want to thank you for being so vulnerable and and sharing all of that with me and with all the listeners oh thank you I'm so sweaty (laughs) I'm so nervous (laughs) you did an amazing job labels is the one thing that has been blowing my mind at the Mm -hmm. moment with ADHD there's okay you've got ADHD you've got hyperactive inattentive or combination Mm -hmm. with that you've got little offshoots of things Mm -hmm. like um and my big thing and I absolutely hate it but I have to live with it is rejection sensitivity dysphoria do you know I only learned about this term like two weeks ago from another friend of mine it is like It blew my mind Mm. when I found out what that was. I know. She was telling me about it and I was like, oh, my God, that is me. Yeah. And I will put a link in the show notes about this. Rejection, sensitivity, dysmorphia. Yeah. So if you tell me, oh, no, I don't really, uh, I don't want to catch up. Like, let's let's, Mm -hmm. let's rain check or whatever. I'll be like, yeah, okay, cool. And then in my head, I'm like, they hate you. They flat out hate you. They don't want to be around you. Yeah. Or I'll be like, mm, and <laughs> to um, my husband or my best mate, mm-hmm. I'll be like, are you okay? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm fine. I'm all good. I hate all good. <laughs> don't tell me I'm all good. Find another phrase. <laughs> Switch it up. Because yeah. when you say that, my brain goes, they're not. You've done oh, something. Okay. What have you done? Think yeah. about everything you've said in the past 24 to 48 hours and pinpoint the exact moment where they got pissed off with you. Yeah. It's exhausting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Retraining that part of my mind in particular mm. is going to be a mammoth task. Were um, you triggered? Like, because I think you, I told you I was going to send you an email, but it didn't get to you. Did that trigger the RSD? Now, I've just had that thought when I I was standing here. I was like, oh, my God, she thinks I didn't want her on the podcast. It did. Yeah. It wasn't your fault. No, it wasn't. I sent it. (laughs) Yeah. Bloody internet. I need to get a new email provider. Oh, my God. (laughs) But definitely, um, I just, like, RSD is something, yeah, like I said, just learned about definitely people should have a look into that. Yeah. Yeah. Having a label on it makes Mm. you be able to understand it yeah more, I think for yeah. me and the big thing and I'm I hate it is um like persistent skin picking okay. is another thing that's like an offshoot that I do and oh. it's awful like my poor my poor thumb oh, <laughs> I, I, sore. it's not it's actually not yeah. sore I think it's just 
accepted its fate, my poor thumb. <laughs> <laughs> I have bought worry rings. Yeah. So I don't pick yeah. instead. But so what, a worry ring is like a ring that you can like spin. Yeah, spin. On your it's finger, like right? a little itty bitty fidget spinner. Yeah, but, but on your... it's really and they come in some really cute little designs. Yeah, I've seen. They like come that. up in my suggested ads on yeah. Instagram. <laughs> I'm like, I know. Oh, you think I'm worried? Like, yes, all the time. <laughs> but yeah, I tried doing that and it didn't quite mm. sit in the right spot. Yeah. For where I actually yeah okay go to like go at my skin yeah um and people notice it and I just like yeah. I'm always tucking my thumb underneath my fingers yeah. do you know what I've just realized as well <laughs> is that I I don't pick but what I do is and I, now I'm like oh my god do I have HD <laughs> no um is I'll like trace the outline of my thumbnail with my pointer finger index finger same same index finger. if i'm like um i don't know sometimes if i'm nervous or worried yeah, or something yeah, that's something that yeah, i'll do i have well. made because when you were like don't make noises i'm like oh sometimes <laughs> that's really loud when i pick at my finger oh, when, when oh, i pick my finger out so i'm like oh god don't do it so i shouldn't like, have said that to you no, probably made it way worse i've just wedged my hand in between, <laughs> <laughs> in between your knees for the last hour oh dear <laughs> But no, um, but yes, labels and being able to put a label on some of your behaviors mm-hmm, definitely helps you to understand why mm. you do things. Mm-hmm. Well, that's helped me. Yeah, like that's been a big thing. And if it's helped you, it will help someone else. Exactly, it will statistically. Hopefully. So, <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's amazing. Um, and uh, yeah, I think we have talked about so many wonderful. Or, Wonderful things. Yeah, and, let's go with wonderful. You know, let's put a positive in, spin. Yeah, like, in you know, you've obviously been through a lot. And like mm-hmm. I said before, I'm super, super grateful that you've been so vulnerable and been willing to share. And actually, you reached out to me um, to come onto the podcast, which I'm so, so grateful for. I didn't think you would pick me I thought you would pick someone different (laughs) I think I personally think everybody's story is deserved of an episode you know and I'm so grateful um and I've learned a lot in this time as well so I want to thank you so much for coming over today thank you for having my chaotic (laughs) (laughs) and it's been a great energy yeah (laughs) it has it's been wonderful oh good (laughs) Um, so I think we'll wrap it up there. Excellent. Okay. So thank you again. And um, just thanks to everybody for listening today. And there's going to be a bunch of different resources available in the show notes. Excellent. Um, so you can have a look through there. There'll be lots of different articles as well. So, yeah, that's it for us today. Cool. Lovely. All right. See you later, guys. Doey. If you enjoyed today's episode, please hit the subscribe button and leave me a five-star review. Even better, if you know someone who might benefit from listening to it, please tell them all about it. You'll find more information from today's episode in the show notes. If you or someone you know would like to be a guest on High Tide, Low Tide, please email me at lisa, spelled L-E-E-S-A, at hightidelowtideau.com or DM me on Instagram at high tide, low tide AU. See you next time.